think, not I think, I know I struggled with that because back in those days, this is, you know, the 70s, in those days, you find more people are married than not married single. Now when we go, my children go to school, you know, in a class of probably about 30, more, you come, more come from a single parent than a married family. So I was kind of like the anomaly back then. And it's something that I, it bothered me because I didn't even like talking about it. But growing up, I, yeah, I struggled with it, didn't really want to talk about it much. But now as a Christian and knowing who I am in Christian, it's not about my credentials, it's not, it's not about my background, where I'm from, or it's not about um, how much money I have, where I live. It's about knowing who I am, standing on God's word. I could live in a one-bedroom flat, but I know who I am, so I'm standing on his word for who I am. You know, when troubles come, it does not matter because I know who I am in Christ. I am standing on what he has said and the promises he has given to me. You know, so back then, like I said, it's something that <laughs> I definitely struggled with. And it was insecurities that I knew I grew up with. And when I gave my life to the Lord, it was something that I was struggling with and God had to deal with me. And even going to uni, because I didn't go to uni straight away. So I found that was another thing. There's always something that you're feeling a bit insecure about. But that's not what God is about. God is about love. He accepts us for who we are, you know? And so we need to know him, know how much he loves us as well. One of the th things that we can do as Christians when we become saved is knowing who we are in Christ, standing firm on his word so that we can when we're going through things, we can stand on those words, those promises that he has given us. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have gone. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're now living as Christians. As the scripture says, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ that lives in me. Therefore, if Christ is living in me, his power is living in me, his word is living in me. Everything about Christ, his love is living in me. His encouragement lives in me. Fear will not be my portion if I know who I am in Christ. But his power, his love, and his sound mind will be in me. Feeling unloved will not be my portion. For his word says he first loved us. He first loved us. So therefore, I know he's got my back. Worrying about the future, worrying about the present, worrying about different things, our children, worrying about this thing, worrying about that thing, that will not be our portion. For according to Deuteronomy 31.8, he says, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear, do not be, do not be dismayed. For as a Christian, I will be standing on his word. As he says, 
He goes before me. He's gone ahead. He's made the way for me. So regardless of what happens, he's made the way for me. I will not have sleepless nights. I will not be um, wasting precious moments over a situation. His word in Isaiah 59, 19 says, So when the enemy comes in like a flood, he will raise up a standard against those issues that, are, that I'm going through. And if we note Isaiah 59, 19, it says when. So which means it's not if, it's when. When I was reading this, it just suddenly dawned on me and I thought, when means it's expected. We are going to go through trials. We're going, th we're going to go through tribulations. We're going to be going through hard times. Sometimes we're not expecting the severity of it. That's the thing. But when? But then also, further down it says, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So which means the same way the enemy is coming in like a flood, the same way the Lord is raising up a standard against those issues. But we need to know that. We need to understand that. Not be playing victim. Not be thinking, why me? We need to know that the Spirit of the Lord is going to raise up a standard. Those issues, not an issue. Because the Lord has got our back. It's like, as I read this scripture, I just pictured we're standing somewhere. And then the enemies come, the waters are coming in. They're literally coming in. The current is so powerful. But then guess what? We're, we're there peaceful because we know that the, the, um, the Spirit of the Lord is raising up the standard. The gate, the, there's a metal gate there blocking the waters, pouring in. And we're just there, peaceful, because we know God is on our side. We know he's there seeing us through what we're going through. We don't have to worry. And that's the beauty about knowing who we are in Christ. I think it was this week, actually, <laughs> I was speaking to um, the children about, um, um, I was saying to them that when they do, they think about themselves, but when I do, I'm thinking about them. <laughs> I'm sure you guys will know who said this to me, but one of them said to me, but mom, you're, you're a mom, um, and you're not one of those mums that, and you, you, you will think about us because you're not one of those mums that will just do your own thing and just leave us to it. He feels entitled and he knows he's confident. As a child, I will be looking after him. I will make sure he's okay. I will make sure his meals are cooked and everything. He's confident about that. So that's how we are when we come to God. We are children of God, so we come before him knowing we're his children. So we know the foundation we're standing on. We know the position. And we should feel entitled that the God's protection is there for us. His love is there for us. He's watching over us day and night. He does not slumber. We should feel confident about this. That is our identity. It's in him. It's not in our credentials. It's not in um, what we have or what we don't have. Yes, sometimes you may look at somebody else, oh, life is going all nice and sweet for them, but mine's not going so well. But that's not something we should worry about. Everything in his time. The Lord says that everything it will come at his appointed time. Though it tarries, we should wait for it. We should not be comparing ourselves to others, but just stand firm in what God is saying to us. 
It's him and us. Okay, just um, some of the benefits of knowing who we are in Christ. The first one, we are armed with God's word. I cannot say it enough how important it is to stand on his word. When we're praying about different situations, look for scriptures that will back you up. I remember, I know I've shared this quite a few times, um, a few years ago when I felt, for a season, I felt really claustrophobic. And <laughs> I would wake up in the night and I'd be like, ah, can't breathe in here. And I'm waking up my husband, Mecca, Mecca, wake up, wake up, so that he can be praying with me. But I had to go through that standing on scriptures. So every morning daily, I'm there, me and scriptures, standing on them, standing on them. And I'm literally going through them because sometimes when you start, they're literally just words. They're like the Logos words. They're just going through, you're going through. Okay, okay. But when it becomes a rhema, you know you're in the right place. You speak it, you speak it, and you continue to speak it until it becomes a rhema, until you believe this is you that this scripture is for. It becomes your identity. This is you. You're standing firmly on that word. It was only then I felt the release, and that just shifted. And it's the same for um, when we're going through different things. You stand on God's word. Hebrews 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 All scripture is God-breathed and is use, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful and there are the different reasons why it's useful. So for every situation we're in, the scripture is there for us. Knowing his word equips us. It's useful for our training, for what we're going through. And it's useful to get, see us through the, um, the barriers that we face as well. Whatever they are, they're useful for that. Another one is we grow to be confident children of God. As we grow with God, knowing who he is and he's speaking to us, we will be armed will be confident, speaking, things are happening, you know, th there are times people are going through things and others are saying to them, oh my goodness, you're so calm, you're so peaceful, how is that possible? But you know God is on your side, you know what God is doing for you, that is why you're looking peaceful and you're confident within you, knowing that God is on your side. Psalms 139, 13, 13 to 15, for you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. God has known us even before we were born. From when we were in the womb, before we even became, we, we got to be in the womb. He knew we were going to be there. And for me, when I think about that, I smile because I know that God has my back. He's for me. He's not against me. So therefore, I will conquer those barriers. I will conquer those obstacles that come my way. 
with God, not without God. And Hebrews 4, 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. When we're going through things, we've done things wrong, his grace is there. What the enemy wants us to do is turn the other side and just run away because we feel ashamed, we, we, we feel fearful. But his, his word says, come boldly to the throne of grace. His grace is always sufficient for us. Always sufficient for us. Another benefit is we walk in God's authority. Romans 13 verse 1 says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authority that the authorities that exist are appointed by God. When we walk in God's authority, we know we're doing the right thing. When we're at our workplace, God has put certain um, he's put your employer there, and that's your authority. In the home, the parents are the authority. In, in church, our pastors are the authority. So we need to walk in God's authority. So therefore, because he is, God has placed those people in authority, we need to make sure that we're under their leadership. Things may go wrong. We may not be happy about certain things, but we go about it a certain way. Good morning, Jamie. Do you want to come and join me? Would you like to join me, Jamie? Yeah? <laughs> okay, but yeah, so it's knowing that there's a way to go about when we feel disgruntled. There's a way to go about it when we're not happy about things because we're under God's authority. We're learning to be under God's authority. Romans 13, verse 7. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Give to Caesars what is Caesars. We're supposed to be paying taxes. Let's pay our tax. We may not be happy with the government, but we need to do what is right. God is the source of all our authority. So we look to him and we look to what his word is saying. And as we align ourselves with his word, we will know what we should be doing and if we're, we're, if we're going off as well. Another benefit is being spirit-led. <laughs> Psalms 143, verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. And Acts 10, 19 to 20. While Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you, but get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. Being Spirit-led is very important. When we are children of God, we need to learn to walk with the Holy Spirit making sure that we're doing exactly as he wants us to do. There are times I've actually got it wrong. I remember um, a few years ago, um, I went to the park. I wasn't going evangelizing, I was going for something else. But then there was a young lady there with a pram. 
And I know the Spirit said to me, go and speak to her. And I was like, oh, you go and speak to her. She might think you're a bit of a lunatic. And I thought, hmm. And I literally just carnally just talked myself out of going to speak to her. But that's not what God wanted me to do. He wanted me to go and speak to her. Only God knows what would have happened. So afterwards, I have to repent. Lord, forgive me, for I have sinned against you. I haven't listened to what the Spirit is saying to me. You know, there, there's been times when the Lord will um, drop somebody in our spirit. You don't know what's going on, but you just need to pray for them. You know you need to pray for them. Or God will say, call somebody. You don't know what's going on, but you just need to make that phone call. Or go and visit somebody. Again, you don't know, but you just need to do as the Spirit is telling you to do. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good Spirit lead me on level ground. If we obey what the Spirit is saying, it's amazing what God can do for us. Sometimes it's even with the jobs that we should be taking. You know, we get in our spirit that maybe we should be going for a particular job. But when we think about it, we start, you know, um, we, we start pulling everything apart. Carnally thinking, oh, but if I go for this one, oh, this, if I go for that one. And we choose something that God doesn't want us to do because maybe the money is good. Or it could be schools for your children. Or it could be where you go and live. Where sometimes the Spirit is leading you, you wouldn't have chosen that. So that's what makes you think, oh, maybe I should go for the other one. And we use our own carnal mindset to decide for us as opposed to allowing the Spirit to lead us. So being Spirit-led is one of the benefits for us knowing who we are in Christ. And the more we get to know who we are in Christ, we will be led by the Spirit. Another benefit is being filled with his joy. Oh, goodness, unspeakable joy you will be filled with. When there's chaos around you, you're going around all happy, you know, because you're filled with divine joy. It's not natural joy, but it's, got, it's, it's joy that the Lord has placed in you. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And Psalms 94, 19 says, In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. There is nothing like the Lord's joy. He fills us with so much joy. Joy that sometimes we can't even explain. We're like, why am I feeling so happy? Sometimes when I'm at work, I'm thinking, why am I feeling like this? You can't pinpoint any particular reason why you're feeling, why you're filled with, with joy, but you're just filled with his joy. And there's absolutely no reason, but you know it's God that's just placed you there. He's just filled you with his joy. Especially when you know that you're going through certain issues or the obstacles your way. And you're just filled with this joy. And, it and joy brings peace within you as, as well. It helps you to see things clearly. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. 
Another benefit is that we yearn to be connected to the vine. When you know who you are in Christ, you long for him, you want more of him. You want to be connected to him. John 15 verse 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So we long to be closer to God. We long to know him more. We long to read his word. We long to just spend time with him, whether it's singing songs, you know. Um, when you're, um, there was a season, actually, that when I was cooking, I was always playing music, always playing music and just worshiping, just worshiping, worshiping. I still do that now, but not as much. Um, but yeah, and you just worship him, worship him because you want to be connected to him. Everything about him you want to be connected to. Everything we do, we want to be close to him. For as it says in Acts 17, 28, for we live, we move, and we have our being in him. So we want to breathe him. He is one person we want to be connected to that closely, that, that closely. Because when we're so connected to him, our spirits are, are in tune and we know exactly what we need to do, when and how, how to maneuver ourselves through things. <laughs> I'll tell you guys a funny story. Well, it wasn't funny at the time to Mecca. Um, it was last week. I, <laughs> I went to the hairdressers and then I parked the car on a particular road. And an hour and a half or so, two hours later, I came back and I was like, where's the car? Where's the car? <laughs> okay, okay, where's the car? And I called Mecca, I said, I can't find the car, the car's gone. He said, are you sure you parked in that road? It could be the next one. No, 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 I know it's this road because it's my cousin's road. I know it's this road. Okay, that's it, I'm gonna have to call the police. <laughs> okay, asked a neighbor, have you seen any activity you know, going on? No, why? I've lost my car, can't find my car. Okay, call the police. It was 101 I called, because I said to Mecca, do I call 999? Yeah, 999, he said, no, no, you can't call that one. So he said, call 101. So I called 101, I'm on the phone to them, and something said, why don't you walk to the other road? Walk to the other road. As I was walking, oh, the car was there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Called Mecca. The car's there. I knew it. <laughs> the point I'm making with that story is that I wasn't even moved. I said, listen, if the car's taken, the car's taken. What can you do? It's gone. So we'll just have to make do. <laughs> but I was just at peace. And Mecca was just like thinking, Okay, we're gonna have to do this. Where are we going this weekend? We're gonna have to cancel this, do that. <laughs> I was like, okay. But yeah, for me, I knew that something was going to happen. One way or another, we were going to not have a car for a period of time and then eventually get the car. But there's no point worrying about it. As they say, don't cry over spilt milk. Another benefit is it develops our repentant hearts. 
when we do wrong, we are able to say, Lord, I have sinned against you. Forgive me. Matthew 3, 8 says, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turn to God. That's the NLT version. The New King James Version says, therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance. So as we go through, we know who we are in Christ. We will come to a place of acknowledging sin because I think acknowledging and taking responsibility is one of the hardest things that we can do as Christians. I know when I came to Christ, taking responsibility for things, especially, you know, when you're in a married, when you're married as well, it's like, I'm not going to admit to that. But when you, when you grow in Christ and you know who you are, you know you want to be transparent and you want to be open before him, you learn to develop repentant hearts. You see things as they are. And at times, as I'm speaking, the Lord is saying to me, yes, you have to take responsibility for this and I have to have to put my hands up. Joel 2 verse 13 reads, So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he's gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. The, the Jewish custom back then was to rip their clothes when they're going through grief. But Joel the prophet was saying, we need to do that to our hearts. Then we will see that, yes, we are turning away because repentance is turning away from what you used to do. It's not just saying, oh, sorry, sorry, but it's turning away from it. We're also assured by his resurrection love for us. It starts off by Jesus died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven. How can we not see that as somebody who loves us to do that for us? Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this way. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Who can, who, somebody does such a thing and you don't think anything of it. You will see that, oh my goodness, wow, you did that for me. That starts off you knowing how much God loves you. And when you know how much he loves you, you will, you will want to know him more. You will want to do things for him. You will want to live according to his word. It's receiving that revelation of how much he loves you. We also will know how much he wants to protect us as well. Second Samuel 22, verse 3 to 4 says, the God of my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. How many times has God saved us? Has God protected us even when we do not deserve it? How many times has he done that for us? He's always there covering us, making sure that all is well. 
just want to read out some scriptures to affirm us as children of God. This is one of my favorite ones. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. I am his workmanship. You are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before that we should walk in them. John 1 verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are his children. He cares for us, he protects us, and he's there for us. Through the storms, he's always there. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. We're very special people. And this is what the next one says. 1 Peter verse, sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I don't know about you, but when I read these scriptures, I stand on them. I know how much God loves me. He has chosen me. I am his royal priesthood, a holy nation. You know, and another version says, a people belonging to God. I belong to God, and I stand on his word. Regardless of what I go through, I stand on his word. Romans 8, chap chapter 8, verse 37. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. When you're going through your trials, just know and speak it over yourself. I am a conqueror because his word tells me that I am a conqueror. Psalms 139, verse 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. No one can tell me that I came from a Big, ba big Bang Theory. I know God has made me because he has fearfully and wonderfully made me. These are the words that we stand on and we soak them up. Regardless of what we're going through, we soak them up. We're speaking words of life over ourselves. Speak it until we believe them. My time has gone. If I, I'm just going to quickly add a couple more things. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in me, and this is another thing that I do, I personalize it. 
I'm speaking to myself. This, being confident of this very thing, that he who has become a good work in me will complete it, even until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm confident that God is doing a work in me. He has started the work of salvation in me and he's going to go through. As I go through with him, he's going to walk with me and I see myself holding his hand and we're walking through. I may fall down a few times, but he picks me up again. And I have to see that. I have to believe that. I am a child of God. This is who I am in Christ. He has made me. He has fearfully and wonderfully made me. And I know his works very well. Regardless of what you're going through, God is there waiting for you. What didn't David go through? He sinned. He killed somebody to get their wife. You haven't done such a thing. But God still, God still um, used him. We have to look at these things and think, oh, wow, Lord. If you can do that for David, what can you not do for me? A man after his own heart. What did Paul not do? He used to persecute Christians. So you and I, he used to literally go after us and torture us because we were Christians, because we knew um, God. But how did God use him? Look at how he started and look at how he ended up. So what he has started in you, he will see it through to the end. We just need to have a heart to open our hearts to him, to give him our everything every step of the way, surrendering ourselves to him. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that we can come to you. We thank you, Lord, that we can surrender everything to you. Lord, help us. Help us to know who we are in you. Help us to affirm ourselves in your word. To seek you in prayer, Father God. To speak words of life over us, over those around us, Father God. Help us, O oh God, to really seek you and open our hearts to you. Lord, we give you our everything. We say, come and have your way. Come and have your way, Father God. Lord, I pray for those of us who are here now. They're not feeling like they know you as they should. Or they're not feeling that they know who they are. They're moved by a wave, moved by a storm. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that as we seek your word, we will stand on your word. And we will receive revelations, O oh God, through you. Lord, we thank you. Have your way, O oh God, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.